Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. Um, my name is Gray, and this is we have the big show today because Josh and John are both here. So, gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Howdy, howdy. Um, it's it's a bit ironic that we have uh, three people on to discuss what has what was without, what was without a doubt the most boring game of City Season so far, but. You know, maybe that's why we have two people. We need to pad out the content. So, um, we are recording after City beat Newcastle 2-1 to one on Saturday. And they won. They got the three points. Um, and that, I think, is the nicest thing we can say about the performance. Um, it's it's strange that you can, you can look at a performance which had two of the best, probably two of the better goals that they've scored this season. Um, but also, it was... Um, not not their not their greatest hour. Not going to show up on the uh, season end highlight reel. Um, so I will uh, I'll start with John and ask you: Were we bad? Were Newcastle good at closing out the space? Was this a combination of both things? Um, because I'll be honest, I thought they were better against Wolves, and they didn't get the points against Wolves. But I thought that was it was a better overall performance, albeit with its flaws. Um, I, I thought yesterday. I thought Saturday was just a, a bit on the dull side. They obviously they controlled the game throughout. They had the possession. They had the chances, but they weren't really creating great opportunities. And I'm not quite sure what that came down to. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. I mean, I, it was just important to get the three points at home, in my opinion. It is just one of those games where, like you said, it was just rather dull. I think when you saw that it, that lineup, um, everyone kind of assumed it was going to be that four four two, which is what it ended up largely being. And you know, I think this was a game where City just missed Sané down that left, and they really missed Kevin De Bruyne making something out of nothing in the midfield because there were several times where you saw that City could get a break and there were guys running into space, but there was really no one on the field that could, you know, kind of make that last pass and just bring someone free. You know, Josh, what did you think about that? Did you kind of see the same thing there overall? I don't know how much I'm going to say they were missing, Sané, because if you're dropped from the team, I don't even know how well you would have performed in the first place. I'm not crapping on your point of view. I'm just not jumping on. I don't know where Sané's at. And it seems like Pep Guardiola isn't exactly pleased with him either. This is clearly, uh, in, in Pep world, this is about as clear as a signal as it gets, that you, you need to abruptly look at what you're doing and adjust it because the manager isn't, isn't digging on it. Um, that being said, I do think you are dead on uh, about Kevin De Bruyne. Um, so I won't beat that hill because, I mean, everybody could talk about Kevin De Bruyne and we're all basically mm-hmm. saying the same thing. What I'd instead say is it's maybe not so much Sané as, as to me, it's Riyad Mahrez getting adjusted to the team. I don't think Mahrez has had a – we've only got a, a, a two a – really a two-game sample here. Uh <laughs> But I don't think Mar well three game sample because we have Chelsea too. But um, I, you know I just don't think Mares has acclimated to the team yet. I don't think the team has quite figured out uh, Mares, his tendencies, what he likes to do. Um, because it, it doesn't quite look like City. They look like they're trying to hold the ball, but maybe they're not as proficient as they were at it last season. You're not seeing some of those. <coughs> um, ungodly possession totals that city are used to and a lot of it has to do with the fact that whereas they were normally keeping some of these passes or not misplacing passes now uh even when sane was brought on like he didn't have any sort of impact he was given the ball away he sucked against wolves you can just say yeah that. he did uh, he, yeah, he, yeah. Just, he, he was he was just not having a day um, and, and, and I think that w- w- when you have all of those things, like that confluence of events, 
can sort of prevent a team from from playing their best. Uh, and clearly, this is a team that's getting by on uh, on on talent right now. But I don't I don't think we've seen anywhere close to the best of Manchester City. But then again, I, I think we're sort of expecting them to quite literally pick up where they left off after last season. And I just don't think that that's a realistic thing to expect. You know, I mean. You want that, but it, it, it takes time for every team to get going, I think. So that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, you're thankful for a win in, in <laughs> against Newcastle, but my God, if that game wasn't trying to put you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. You got, you know, you're going to have bad games, and if you can take the points from the bad games, you do it, you move on, you fix it. And that's just basically what happened here. Um Mar, I think, yeah, the 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 absence of of real influence on the wings. I thought Sterling was good, but Mares, Mares looks like a guy who's trying to do way, way, way too much to impress everybody right now. When he really just needs to, you know, someone made the point that for however many years it's been now, um, with Leicester, you know, four, three, four years. He was always the guy there. I mean, for all the publicity that Jamie Vardy gets, it was Mares who created everything, and everything on their attack flowed through him. He doesn't have to do that anymore, and I think it's an adaptational process for him where he has to, you know, um, it's 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 not not to make Lester sound like like they were a one man team, but he's moved into a much more team oriented approach here, whereas he can pass the ball to any number of players, and they can do a lot of the things that he can do. And frankly, I think right now he's still in this mindset where he feels like he needs to start everything. He needs to create everything. He needs to he needs to be the guy who's trying to do way too much and trying to maybe it's a factor of justifying a transfer fee, maybe it's justifying his spot in a team where he's no longer a guaranteed starter. Maybe it's a combination of all these things. I think that we have seen him trying to do too much and he has to settle down and adapt. And I think he will adapt, but right now, obviously, um, you know, I, I think you have, you can throw Bernardo Silva in there. I think he's a better option at this point. Um, the other name I would bring up is, is Fernandinho looks a bit world cup hungover. And I think that also, in addition to the absence of De Bruyne has a lot to do with the fact that their midfield just hasn't quite been as commanding this season. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Oh, thanks. I was going to say, let me ask you guys this when, when we're talking about Mares. You know, how much of it do you think it is him personally, and how much do you think it is Pep's scheme going into these types of games? Because I was surprised on both wings that we didn't really see Mindy kind of, you know, marauding down that flank that we saw in the very in, in the game um, where City put five past, you know, an opponent. And on the right-hand side, I, it was kind of the same thing. I, I was just surprised not to see Mares kind of streaking down there, and Sterling was even playing that central role. So, you know, what did you guys kind of think about that tactical lineup? Mm. I, don't, I don't really know what to make of City's best 11 right now, because I don't think until De Bruyne comes back there is a best 11. I, I just that's kind of where I sit on this. I, I until De Bruyne is back, there is literally no way to judge this team as as a complete team. He he is just. It's not like they're just oh they're missing Mendy from last year where you can you know that that's that that's not what this is. De Bruyne is that important to what City do. He is just that important, and um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, a lot of people seem to be up and down on this whole Bernardo Silva. He should be the one starting. Yeah, I, well, where do you come down on this, Greg? I mean, they're gonna rotate. They have to rotate. Um, you know, I think you can't not play Mares because how is he supposed to get? up to speed with the team if he's going to be sitting on the bench the whole time. It doesn't work. You have to play him. So I don't have a problem with him playing, especially against a team like Newcastle, where, look, you can have a guy or two that are going to have an off day and they can win that game. 
they should have scored a third. They had what was that triple save late in the second half. They they for 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 as dull as that game was at most points. Um, once once they scored the second goal, it never really felt like they were going to lose it. It just felt like they were just going to underwhelmingly win it. Um, so you can you can you can you can play guys like that in that game. Get them up to speed. Here's a weaker team that you can you can kind of have your way with, even if you're not at your best, and and get on with it. Um, right now, if you're playing, say, a big team, a bigger team, or a Champions League game, or a game that you you, you can't really afford to lose, um, I think Silva's your more established player for the lineup right now. It's funny because I think one flank is stronger than the other at this point. Um, because you have Mendy and you've had Sterling linking up on the left side, and that's where they're doing so much of their damage. And you do have Walker on the right side, but, um, you know, Yen is just kind of floating around out there, wasting, w- wasting time, wasting possession, wasting pop, pro- um, promising positions. Um, it will change, but right now their left side is way better than their right side. Um, I agree that you're not going to have a best 11 without De Bruyne factoring in. Um, but I, th- I think, I also think what it comes down to is with Sané in the state that he's in for whatever reason. And Guardiola could have really hammered at him more than he did, I think. he it's, it's it, it was not so much a, a, like an axe, a, a, a hatchet job in the press as it was kind of a uh, a very friendly kick in the rear, I thought would be a good way to describe it. But the fact of the matter is, there's clearly something happening there. He's clearly not to speed. He hasn't really performed well um, for whatever reason. And the same thing happened last year. Um, so I'm not I'm not super worried about it. But obviously something has to change there. I think there's a theory where you can put Sané in the best eleven, um, but it has to be the best Sané. Otherwise, no. Um, I don't. I don't think they have a best eleven right now. It's 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 just sort of rotating and it's so form based because they have. I don't want to say they have a lot of players of similar talent levels, but they have a lot of players who can contribute at high levels in many different ways. And I think the squad is going to be used very extensively this season for that exact reason. But right now, no, I don't think you're you can pick out eleven players and say, here one size fits all. This is how you're gonna play in in the biggest games. Oh yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, you guys want to talk about the goals themselves now? And, you know, for full disclosure, I actually missed the very first goal because I was getting a beer from the bar I was watching the game at. So <laughs> my my thoughts on that are going to be limited, but I'm hoping you guys did actually watch that one live. I did. It was good. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was... You know, it was one of those finishes that Sterling just kind of pulls out of nowhere where sometimes, um, you know, he, he's, he's such a weird guy. You see him miss tap-ins, but he's just whipping whipping shots in like that. Um, I think coming into the left side is kind of good for him. It's 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 helped him in, in certain ways, and so has Mendy on that left side. He's just been, he's been very active so far early on, and obviously he's he, he still has, you know, the things he's working on, but I thought, I thought he was... I know uh, with m- most people gave Walker man of the match on, on Saturday, and I'm fine with that, but I thought Sterling had a pretty good shout, too. Um, he was he was making things happen. He was he obviously scored a very good goal. Um, you know, it's, it's like I said. The funny thing about a game that was as dull as it was is that City scored two actually really good goals. Um, obviously, Kyle Walker was, was just a, a thunderbolt, as they say. Um you know, so it was kind of a game that you went on individual talent, but you know, I would. I, both goals are worth watching back, so I guess I guess there's that. Yeah, um, I don't have much on the first goal. I, I sort of missed the replay on that. Uh, but uh, they they went and scored too early for everybody. They they really <laughs> they really did. They they scored way too early. Like Raheem Stur- Raheem Sterling, I believe, scored on the uh, minute eight, and then Walker came in and scored at uh, minute fifty two. Um, you know, all things considered, like Sterling's goal, I caught the replays of it. I didn't catch it live. Uh, comes in off that left side, gets it onto his. Uh, 
he gets it onto his right foot and then he just parks it past the keeper. Um, it's actually, to be perfectly honest, this the goal from Sterling in that game is probably far more important to me than the Walker goal because Sterling showed some impetus. Sterling showed some some flat out clever uh, uh, football and. He showed a class finish, uh, you know, be, being able to create like that uh, is something that fans have wanted to see out of Sterling for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I will say yeah. when, when that first goal went in, I thought, oh, this is going to be five. This is going to be four or five. But um, scoring like that. I can see that. I mean, it was eight minutes in and you're like, well, that's Newcastle's entire game plan undone then. This <laughs> Because these teams, when they defend in blocks like that, and full credit to uh, to them, I think Roth is a good manager, and he had them set up really nicely for that game. Um, I, you know, but you think when they go one goal down that early, it's like, well, shoot, now they can't. You know, if if you're banking on trying to keep them off the score sheet as long as possible, and then maybe nicking one on the counter, well, you just got that blown up within ten minutes, so you're something something's gonna change. But, you know, fair credit to them. They go down and score ten minutes later, and everything's back as it was. Um, a, a, a really stupid goal with some really stupid defending, might I add. Um, a bunch of people got dragged out of position. Uh, but, you know, it, it was just... I, I, yeah, when Sterling scored, I'm like, oh, well, this is going to be... This is going to be a thrashing. Um, and Anderson almost got to Yedlin's. I mean, he came yaw close to getting something on that Yedlin goal. Yeah, there were like three or four moments where they could have stopped that from happening, but every single moment in the build-up to that went against them. Um, well, and, and and I think credit to Yedlin on that one. I think they said that was his first Premier League goal ever, but... Of course I it mean, was. Yeah, when, when he started his run, he was basically at midfield and just kept on running. I think it was Jesus who ended up trying to track back and mark him because Mindy was in the middle. I mean, it, it was a situation where the state defenders just got caught out of position. Um, like I said, you had Mindy in the middle. I think he was marking someone at the top of the key there. I, Stones and Laporte were both drawn to the, uh, to the, you know, bottom of, of the pitch there it, from the camera angle with, with Gabriel Jesus trying to track the, trying to track the right back who ultimately scored yeah and yeah and when when that happens <laughs> when when one of your strikers is the one desperately trying to get back in cover for the goal scorer then something has badly broken down in defensive build up to the goal <laughs> yes yeah that, that was my long-winded point is yeah when, when Jesus is is trying to cover there there were other breakdowns but you know credit to Newcastle they earned that goal and as you know Josh said it could have been cut down <laughs> a lot of different ways but as we've seen sometimes in Pep's system you know teams get one shot on goal and they convert it so it was looking like it could be one of those afternoons yep um I, I, I will add that actually Newcastle gave Chelsea some issues too. It, so, you know, I think I think it was a mixture. I'm not going to go here and say, oh, City, City were stonewalled by a brilliant Newcastle side. I don't think that was all it was. But I also think that Newcastle were set up very nicely to, uh, to blunt the City attack in certain ways. Um, obviously, it doesn't work if they don't get the goal, and they did get the goal, but... You know, like I said, Roth is not some like the 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 guy that you pluck out of of obscurity and mid table. He's not the Sam Allardyce guy that your average English team that's about to get average English relegated turns to save its average English season. Um, <laughs> he's 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 a good manager. He's managed at the top levels before, um, and I think that he set them up well, cons- especially considering that they that side has just gotten absolutely no investment whatsoever. Um, so fair play to him, fair play to Newcastle. Um, they're obviously really, giving some teams trouble. I'm kind of honestly surprised, to be perfect, <laughs> that, that that Rafa is still there. I can't believe he hasn't walked. He's been right? threatening to for a year. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and he calls and, out and, Mike and, Ashley in every other press conference. 
Yeah, I mean, Mike, he's like, oh, well, is this the year Mike Ashley is going to make the investment in Newcastle? No, no, this is not the year. The year that Mike Ashley will make an investment in Newcastle is when he sells it to someone else. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, you know, it, but I, I, I think, you know, getting back to it, like, I mean, at one point in the match, like, Newcastle had something like, what was it, like 90 passes to to City's uh, 430-something, and, and only 24, 25 of Newcastle's had been in the final third, whereas, like, City had, like, 130 touches in the final third. Um, so, I mean, when you look at and and that wasn't even... At, at full time, I want to say that was at like the 60, 70 minute mark. I just remember because they put the stat up on the screen. Um, but, uh, you know, when you're talking about that many touches and that many passes and you've accomplished that out of it. Um, yeah, I just I got nothing, man. There were so many instances where City, like I, I want to say there is one where where they had. Silva, he was just offside. Like, other than that, he would have been in. Um, uh, it was it was kind of like a, a they were they were playing playing a, a little a little one two off off the edge of the box, and and Silva was making his run, and he was in the box when the pass was made, uh, or he was making his run toward the box, and the pass was made, but he was just offside, and it's just like it's those little things, or Riyad Mahrez parking a shot. Uh, all the way over from out, just outside the area, and it's like City don't really need to take those shots, especially when there is nothing there. You know, like I get if you're Walker, like Walker lining up his shot and taking it, I totally get that. But on some of these, they were just trying to—I don't know—it just seemed like they were just trying to like curl it in the area or something of the sort, and it's just. So many wasted possessions in that final third. And They've been watching a lot too much. Everybody's trying to do Mendy too much. Everyone wants to do a Mendy now. <laughs> Pretty much. Whip one in perfectly. Um, and I'm sure you both remember that this is the same Newcastle side last season that when we went to St. James's Park. They, they defended their box in, um, I, I guess, the generous way to put it would be parked the bus that it wasn't a bus it was a tank yeah it they, was it was the great wall of china it, it was you know it was it was the berlin wall it was whatever analogy you can think of to represent some sort of impenetrable fortress that just sits there and doesn't even try to move out of its own box opposite of the maginot line yeah it was you know, it was probably the most embarrassing defend, defensive setup I've ever seen. But you know, you know, they almost took a point from that game, so whatever. Um, but yeah, it's uh, obviously Rafa has has it in his own mind how to take away Manchester City's space. And there have been moments that he's given them some trouble over the last couple of years. So maybe we shouldn't be so surprised that the game went the way it did. Yeah, I mean, you guys have kind of said it. Rafa Benitez is a great coach. He's a step above what a lot of these English teams normally get. So, um, you know, I think he's, that's... He's certainly the best coach in the bottom half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, just one observation that I kind of wanted to throw out there, and it's not a cause for concern, but uh, at some point I really hope that Gabriel Jesus can head the ball in the back of the net Man, he tries, and in this game, he had two of them that he just could not get enough power on. But, you know, I think he's doing a great job of getting himself into position, and hopefully he just starts converting some of these pretty soon. Yeah, it's 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 one of the reasons I'm not super worried is because everyone's kind of getting in the right position to make things happen. It's just not really happening. Um, and And it's one of those things where... You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that the process is more important than the results, but if the process is doing what it's supposed to be doing, then the results will come. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's why I wasn't really all that worried about the Wolves' performance. It's like, yeah, you know what? 
they dominated the game and gave up a handball goal. Um, they hit the post like three times. If you play that game ten times, Man City probably wins eight of them. So in in a game like that, it's like I would be more if I'd be more worried if we had gotten two straight performances like the one we got yesterday. That would that would put me off a little bit more. The Wolves game didn't concern me at all in the slightest because they were they played. Obviously, there were a lot of things about it that weren't sharp, but in general, they played fine. So you know, it's. It, 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 there's definitely some chance burning that's still happening, and Jesus has always been a bit hit or miss in that department, and that he can really, you know, you see him derided on Liverpool Twitter as a tap-in merchant, but it's... it's well, that's, you know, that's where we can go to get rock-solid city commentary is Liverpool Twitter, that's right? That's right. Because obviously, <laughs> you know... It, uh, us, us, oh. new, us newfangled fans just don't know football as well as long-suffering Liverpool supporters. But it's, uh, can, we, can I just get it out of the way? Like I know I'm supposed to hate like United, but I, I just I have such an like I almost have apathy for United. At, like almost, <laughs> I'm willing to take this a step further than you are. I hate oh. Liverpool way more than I hate United. No, 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 no. That's exactly where this was going. What oh, I was way more. Say, I was trying to set it up by saying, I know I'm supposed to hate United more, but that's just not what it is. Like, I, I, I will drink with a United fan and talk football. Generally speaking, United fans are great for commiseration. Liverpool fans, on the other hand, are the most ostentatious group of self-righteous jackasses that I have ever met in my entire life. I have never met a Liverpool fan that is kind. (laughs) I have never met a Liverpool fan that isn't trying to throw something in your face or isn't like... They always love to mention how long they've been a Liverpool fan, as though that somehow changes how much you like the game. Like, well, hey, you've been a fan for 25 years. Congratulations. That just means you have more heartache. Yeah, it's it's also on the same page as, like, they think they're more entitled to success because they haven't had any in that period. Right. That's not the way it works. But and it was ask, ask 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 those uh, 50, 60, 70 year old Man City fans how entitlement to success works in English football. Right. And, and you go beyond that. And it's like Liverpool fans were in that city buy titles, this, that and the other. They have all these bitches to make. And then they're like, yeah, we spent one hundred and eighty million in the transfer window. And it's like, but, but, but when City did it, they were buying titles. I I preface this by saying I love Jurgen Klopp. Like, yeah. if 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 Pep Guardiola weren't managing Man City, I'd be like, yeah, bring me that guy. So that's who, that's who I, I want. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, Jurgen Klopp. I'm not, I, you know, full interest to full disclosure. I love the guy. But I mean, we saw the guy say last year. He's like, if we ever spend that much money, then you know. I, I I don't want to be involved in football, and lo and behold, you know, when, when they have the money, they're going to spend it, and I'm not going yeah. to sit here and criticize them for it because yeah. it's what they should be doing. Yes, you Liverpool. Now you can pick apart how much they spent on some of those investments, considering the fact that I don't think Allison is going to be Brazil's keeper for much longer moving forward. I really do not think he is better than Ederson. I just don't. Um, having seen Brazil play with them, uh, I I just think that Ederson is going to be the option moving forward. And so, remember when the Ederson fee was like, oh, what are they doing? Right, right. Now he's and, the bargain. Yeah. Now he's like the cheapest Premier League keeper. <laughs> it's, it's just it's it's ridiculous. And and you know it's just so funny to me because. You could even argue that, like, okay, you look at City, and City used to overpay. Liverpool got taken for $75 million for Virgil van Dijk. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't have spent the money. I think Liverpool needed to reinvest in that squad. Yeah. Surely 
needed to reinvest in that I, school. I think you can look at what Van Dyke has done just for that back line, which was garbage before he showed up, and say, you know what, $75 million to make the back line look not garbage? Probably worth it in the long run, even if it's an overpay. And there's, there's no need to even get in what Salah or Mane has cost, because those two are just worth it on every level. Salah wasn't even that expensive. He was like $50 no, it was yeah. the season for a reason. Yeah, I mean, 32 goals last season, probably expect him to put close to a similar number. Uh, maybe maybe not, though, because he might not have to do as much now that Liverpool are a bit more uh, balanced. They have a midfield. Yeah, they have a midfield, finally. Um, but, 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 yeah, we come back to this all. They were criticizing City left and right. Jurgen talks about how he'd leave the game. It's like, bitch, no, you wouldn't. You'd spend the money. Because what manager wouldn't love to have his board come to him and go, you know what, man, we're so interested in winning either the Champions League or if you're Liverpool, you take the Premier League title at this point. I think think deep down they'd rather have the Premier League title. I think so, too. Um, Champions League was would have been. They they obviously enjoyed that run, but they've won that. Um, you know, five in, times in, in they've won that in regular people's lifetimes. Is the way that I would put it. They last won it in the in the aughts. Yeah. So they're I still. Mean, Gerard was playing for them last time. It's not you know it's it's not recent, but it's also not you know. When you, when you watch the footage, you're not watching grainy, poor-color footage of Liverpool lifting a Champions League title. The last time Liverpool won a national title, USC beat Oklahoma 55-19 in the Orange Bowl for their last remaining national title. Some some, some perspective there um, for, for American fans. Um, yeah, this is American citizens, so, you know, <laughs> that's what we do. Perspective for the Americans. And that in college football season started. Woo! Um, sorry. <laughs> We're all in a mood today. about it, John, but I had to cover Cal beating that ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Cal Cal killed my, my Tar Heels, but. Uh, so late charge. It made a late charge. Almost got it. Almost. It was a Michigan it was a Michigan comeback. That's what Gray and I are calling it. <laughs> well, hey, you know what was also close but was on the right side was that strike by Kyle Walker. Like how how were you guys like me where when you saw it it was the classic oh god no 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 oh god yes yes yes. That's going 15 feet over the bar. <laughs> As I'm even watching the replay, I'm like, don't shoot from there. Don't shoot. From, okay, shoot from there. Shoot from there, you know? It's like one of those where it's like 99 out of 100 times, you know, 10 feet over the bar, and you're going to sit there and be like, well, that was a complete waste of a promising buildup. Uh-huh. But we got the one time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I turned to the to the um, MCFC Raleigh people that was watching and said, well, guys, that's Kyle Walker's one goal this calendar year. So, right I think that's Kyle Walker's one goal this calendar season. <laughs> yeah. First goal for City, right? I believe. In yes. the competition. Um, yeah. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Kyle Walker is going to be parking him in, but what I <laughs> interesting is that where Kyle Walker takes that from is basically a midfield position, too. He, For all intents and purposes, he either scored as a midfielder coming up or, or a striker just outside the box. You take your pick. Uh, but, but I think, like I said, the thing with Kyle Walker's shot is that when he did line it up, as you watch the replays, you can see what Kyle Walker was looking at. There are so many times when guys take shots from that distance where I'm like, what the hell were you looking at? Like, what did you see? What was the opening? Like, let me see the replay to where I can kind of see your opening and we'll go from there. And uh, you never really see the opening. For this one, Kyle Walker basically got that ball through that opening in the only in the only instance that he could have got it through that opening. So, yeah, that is probably Kyle Walker's one goal. Good one to have if you're going to get one, though. Yeah, and I'll take it. 
Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, moving on, I guess, a little bit further, guys. I, I think, Gray, you mentioned it earlier that City had the chances by David Silva in the second half where I still don't know how there was not a goal scored there. Uh, we can talk about that one, but I kind of wanted to, to discuss what was Sergio Aguero doing in like the 88th oh, or 87th minute? <laughs> oh my God. Well, you know what he was trying to do was he was trying to recreate the goal he scored against Huddersfield. But then he sees the guy, you know, I forget who it was that was zooming in down his, I think it was his right-hand side, that he could have just passed it off to and had an easy tapping. And I think that mentally he just sort of panicked and did both and ended up doing either. Um, yeah, I think I think he had it in his head that he wanted to do a Huddersfield again because it was a really nice goal and he's obviously capable of doing it. Um, but but I think he, his mind got a bit garbled at the moment of truth is the way I would put it. Which one was the proper Huddersfield one? The one where he gets it on the end of his foot and he parks it off the top of the bar? Or was it the one where he uh, was was sweeping in and then put it onto his other foot and just... He dragged the keeper out and then chipped him. Oh, right, right. Neither one of those. Yeah. Well, he did, he scored a hat trick in that game. It's been a long, it's been a long month. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I speak only for myself, but it's been a long month of August. Um, he has. So, you know, he has. Yeah, he, he had the keeper out and he's thinking, oh, okay. I had my birthday this month, too. Yeah. Like, and it's, I, it feels like my birthday was a lifetime ago and it was only August 15th. Like, that's about right. It's only 18 days ago. I just, um, you know, let's switch gears for a second. And then now, Gray, you're the host, but I feel like we've beaten this Newcastle game to death for what you can get there, out of it. There Newcastle is no host. Game. We're having a free-flying discussion at this point. Okay. Uh, what <laughs> I was going to say is there, there's so much more opportunity here. We have the Champions League group that oh, has yeah. been. We should talk about that. And we would be remiss if This we is didn't. why I'm willing to give up my hosting duties when someone has a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you know what, Gary? Let's do it. Um, yeah. Um, Start yeah. us off, man. The Champions League draw, it was actually really, very kind to Manchester City. Um, it turns out, it turns out, being in pot one has some tangible benefits. Who knew that after all those years of watching United and Chelsea get in it and get these groups that, you know, oh, yeah, they're going to walk that. The shoe is finally on the other foot. So I believe this is actually the first time that City have gotten, um, have won the league title since UEFA moved to the rule where the uh, the champions of the big eight leagues get pot one no matter what. Um, so it's the first time they've gotten to take advantage of it. So the group is Shakhtar Donetsk, who they were in a group with last year, uh, Olympic Lyon, and uh, Hoffenheim from Germany. Uh, so, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and be presumptuous, but I'm not going to say they're going to walk into all those places and thrash them, but frankly, if City play their capabilities, they should not have any problem topping this group, I don't think. No, like, what is it? It's, it's, who is the fourth one? Shakhtar, Leon, and Bruges? Hoffenheim, right. I think it was like Club Bruges or something. Um, yeah, I mean, Shakhtar are looking, I mean, Shakhtar basically lost every quality player that they had this offseason, it feels like. As uh, they tend to do. Yeah. Uh, Leonese is, is is not going to be uh, to to be anything amazing. Um, I feel like this is a chance for Hoffenheim to sneak in there and uh, get get into the next stage, the knockout round of of the competition. I know OL I mean, have a couple yeah. of a couple of familiar familiar names on their roster. They have a couple ex United players. They have a. Uh, Raphael, they have uh, Memphis Depay is on is on that team. Mm -hmm. uh, Bertrand Traore, 
boy, that was somebody that I was pissed off that United signed. Oh, yeah, and then it didn't work out, thank God. But, but, you, but, but you know what, though? I still fall back on, I don't think that was on Memphis. Nope. He's I been think very Memphis good for them. signed at the wrong time. He's been really good for for uh, Lyon in the French League. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Nabil Fakir, who uh, almost went to Liverpool. It, well, he was signed with Liverpool, according yeah. to Liverpool. <laughs> That's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, the other Moussa Dembele, um, the one, the one, the one who single-handedly cost Belgium the game. Not that. Oh one. no, that's Tottenham. That's this Tottenham. Was the, yeah, uh, the Celtic, okay. the Celtic Moussa Dembele. That's right, right, right. The other Moussa Dembele that I buy on FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know there are actually some some talented players in their ranks, but obviously. You know, we're not we're not talking about a team that at their best is going to challenge City at their best. Also, Jason Denaire is a uh, is a Leon player now, so mm. so that's something. Um, uh, you look at uh, Hoffenheim. Um, it's it's you know I don't I don't it's not a squad that I I know very well. Yeah, it's not. A, I mean, look, let's let's just be blunt. City should win this group after three and a half games basically I mean that's that's kind of my takeaway um, I think the mo- I think the more interesting thing is where the games fall because yes. I actually like the fact that city are playing Shakhtar back to back in the middle because if you look at just squad strength they on paper should be the one team that city could drop some points to in the group stage and so I think the fact that city get to play them, um, and then they sandwich the Leon and the other game uh, on the ends. I think if City can get even four points from those two Shakhtar games, and for the rest of them, I mean, Pep can basically just play the kids and um, cruise to the end. Yeah, um, I think the first game, I believe, is Leon at home, so that's a pretty good start. It's the, it comes between, I'll just outline them based on what I'm looking at here. Falls between Fulham at home and Cardiff away, you know, uh, two newly promoted teams. Have to go to Hoffenheim away before Liverpool away, which kind of sucks, but it comes out the back of Brighton at home, so that's not so bad. Let's be real, dude. Do you really expect to win the Liverpool away game? Uh, No. No. Do I want to see them give it a good go? Of course I do. I want to see how they start. Sure. Well, what do you consider a good go? Because last year it was 4-3, to so I mean... But but I don't know if you'd call it a good go because by the time game that was a really weird game and honestly if that game had been fifteen minutes longer I think City find the equalizer and that game ends for. I think they'd have needed fifteen minutes. They almost equalized in the stoppage time. Yeah, Uh, Aguero missed a header by like matter of feet. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing to say that that was just an objectively awful game that they could have taken a point from. and, you know, frankly, they could have still taken a point if Ederson hadn't botched that clearance or all the manner of things that went wrong. Um, anyway, yeah, so, I mean, Liverpool away, but, you know, I want... I, what I would say is field your best team and see what happens. Uh, that's that's what I would suggest for that. That's what I would consider a good go. Um, Shakhtar away comes after homely, home game, homely game against Burn. Words, they're hard. Home game against Burnley. Um, and then after that, they have to go away to Spurs, which is also might be a pain in the ass, although they won there last year. Uh, Shakhtar home between Southampton at home and Man United at home. You know, by that point, you, you think they will be able to rotate for Shakhtar at home and still beat them. Leon away might be the hardest game in the entire group stage, and that's between West Ham away and the way West Ham look right now. Eh. And uh, Bournemouth at home. And then Hoffenheim home might be a dead rubber it's after Chelsea away and Everton at home. So, you know, there's some big teams in there, but all in all, it's pretty forgiving, I think. And they should be able to uh, navigate that group without really compensating, compromising on the league matters. And so, you know, I, I don't think you can really have any complaints with how this has worked itself out. I could, but I don't think anyone would listen. They'd be like, seriously, dude, you're bitching about this? Um, I mean, I feel mean, free. Do, do we want to take just a minute and talk about 
the the other groups that have been drawn in it just in the sense of the other English Premier League sure. teams. Yeah. Because last I have year no Because last year I really felt that like I I, I the, every single English team should have made it through to the knockout stage. If we're being real. Like mm-hmm. every single English team should have made it through to the knockout stage. Did they all? Yeah. I think they did. No, uh, I, I don't think Tottenham did. No, 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 Tottenham made it. They lost to you, remember? Yeah, that's right, that's right. I, obviously, Liverpool made it out, and City made it out, and United made it out, because uh, United making it out gave us that joyous two But there was five. Arsenal didn't make it out. Arsenal weren't in it, were they? It, last year, I think they were. Not in the group stage. Let me find out. Twenty seven. They didn't win the Europa League final, and they didn't. Um, that's right. Finish top well, four. That's right. Well, Lord, I can give my thoughts real quick Go on the other ones, and it'll take me ten seconds because ha 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 ha. That's basically <laughs> it. I mean, you know, I, I I just I shed a tear that United and Liverpool both have tough draws. I think. Liverpool actually has the toughest draw being in their group. That's definitely the group of death. Yep. I think United yes, are okay. in. They all did make it out. Chelsea was the other one, and they came in second behind Roma. That's ah. right, Chelsea. And that didn't they play Barca? Roma, Roma won the group on goal differential. Um, yes, I think Chelsea went on. No, Chelsea went on to play. Uh, uh, yeah, I think they went on to play. Yeah, I think it was Barca, so, uh, and they, they lost. Yep. I remember they had five teams in because uh, Jose Mourinho won his signature title with United to get them into that tournament, the Europa League. Um, so, yeah. you know, for me, um, Spurs didn't get the most fun group in the world, but I think they're good enough to get out of it. Milan, AC, or uh, not AC, Milan. Sorry, everyone in Italy. Inter will be the big test for them because Barcelona will probably make it through no matter what. Um, I think they can take Inter. Um, Man United are in for a real fight if they are playing anything like they are right now when that time comes because Juve will give them huge trouble. Um, it's it's a damn shame that uh, Ronaldo can play against them while he's on loan from them. Oh, womp womp. Since they all still act like he's still their player. Um, you know, Valencia, on paper, you would say that United should beat Valencia, but also on paper, United should be beating Brighton. So who knows? Um, Liverpool have a really tough group. You know, PSG and Napoli. Um, you know, we'll see. I think they can get out of that group. But I also think that they are going to have to play really well to get out of that group, which is the point. You know, we've seen PSG. PSG have all kinds of problems in the Champions League, but they usually don't come until the knockout rounds. Can, can we stop for a second and talk about, like, th- this is a group that Liverpool should win easily. I don't know if you watched this past I week. I agree with you. Well, At full, if they play their potential, yeah. No, I'm saying I don't think PSG are anywhere good enough to win this group. Napoli, this is going to be my point, they just got mauled. By Sampdoria at, at, at away. Like, they, Sampdoria beat them 3-0, and Quagliarella scored the most ridiculous goal of, of the year thus far. Uh, don't know if you've seen the goal. I tweeted about it yesterday. Uh, it made Sports Center as well. Uh, basically, a dude, uh, <laughs> the ball comes back up to the top of the area where they recycle it out to the eh, about the mid right hand side uh, who fires across into the box and Quags just kind of he, he's facing the cross as it's coming in so he just clips it with his back heel in midair and literally powered it, powered it past the keeper using the back of his heel it was the most ridiculous amount of power I have ever seen generated from a shot off the back of one seal. Um, and definitely worth your time if, if you want to pull this goal up. Uh, I watched it about 30 times, and I still have no idea how that guy put that in. I just I have no idea how that happened. Um, 
anyway, I just wanted to flub about that goal on here. But my point being is that Napoli isn't even close to any anyone that they were. And I just don't see... The biggest thing for Liverpool is how are they going to deal going to Belgrade? You know, like... I know City fans are hoping that Belgrade, like, gives them a dose of their own medicine, as I've seen. And I'm just like... Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it for you, though. Like, I think if they're going to give Liverpool a dose of their own medicine, it'll just be because they like flares. Um, <laughs> but outside of PSG, who I, I don't even think are a good team. I just don't. Ooh, hot takes from Josh. They're a Neymar team. Yeah, PSG are not a good team. As Neymar goes, so goes PSG, and Neymar is... Uh... Obviously well, talented. They, they also have that young man called uh, oh, Kill, yeah. Killian Mbappe. Well, I mean, we, let's we, not, we let's need not to go in him. and rescue him from that situation. That's my opinion. Oh, <laughs> yes. Dear God, if there is someone listening up above, please bring Mbappe to play in Pep's system. I, if there were any other team but PSG is the problem, because I don't think they'll ever do business. And there's no release clause there or anything like that to take take advantage of. Thanks, geopolitics. <laughs> uh, I also don't like. I legit don't think Thomas Tuchel is is anything. It's an odd fit. It is. I find I'm it like, kind of an odd fit. I'm like, this is who you went out and got. I think people are wising up to not really wanting to manage PSG, like the top top level coaches. Yeah, because you sit there for a year and play thirty-eight. Well, you you know you have two games against Monaco that are kind of competitive, but it's otherwise like thirty-six games that you should probably be winning. Um, and then you're completely judged on your performance in the Champions League. And it's just and there's you know how much of this stuff happens at board level. Like it's um, Unai Emery wasn't the one sitting there like bring me Neymar. <laughs> That was done over his head, and not not like he was ever going to say no to Neymar. But yeah, it's it's you have limited power, and you're judged completely on one competition. And it's just like, what top level coach is gonna is gonna um is gonna sit sign there up for that and sign up for that? I will say, I think it's Mourinho's next destination because I also think it's the only top club that's actually going to uh, aggressively hire him. Yeah. I don't think He's anybody kind of burned really a lot wants... of other bridges. Well, nobody really wants Mourinho at this point. Let's be real. Like He's damaged goods. Well, especially in the European in 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 I, Mourinho wants to stay in the Premier League. Like let's let's be real about that. He wants so very badly to stay in the Premier League. Um, he wants that's... so very badly to manage United as long as he can. This is his dream job. It's why I think he's so agitated, because he knows that he's in trouble. Oh, well, I think he's agitated because well, he's this... agitated because he's Jose Mourinho. But yeah, this is just. I, I also yeah. think he knows that he has a bit more than you than he at, at stake here than he did at Chelsea. Because at Chelsea, he literally went out and dared him to sack him, which they did. But he did like that they knew knowing everybody. He he did yeah. I like. I hope Mauricio. I hope Mauricio Sarri enjoys his two or three years in London, um, but I, I think Mourinho, in his head, knew that he would get the United job if Chelsea sacked him. He doesn't really have any such assurances now. Where the heck's he going to go? I think he has a lot more to lose at this point in his career than he did when he was openly challenging Roman Abramovich. Go ahead, get rid of me. That's my take on it, anyway. Well. So we've got a uh, international break coming up, guys. Oh, it's all right. I mean, it's you know, there's the game was boring. There's a break coming up. Um, I don't think there's too much of note. I mean, we'll see. Sané was called up to the Germany team. I think a lot of the senior city players though are not playing in this break. Sterling pulled out with a back injury. Well, quote unquote back injury. Yeah. (laughs) Sterling pulled out with a Ira could use a, a, a two week break, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know if anyone else really of note, so it's kind of going to be a yeah. quiet I'm quiet kind of interested weeks. to see how the Nations League works. I don't. I'm not sitting here thinking it's going to actually spur any extra competitiveness, but I'm I'm interested to see how it works as a format. You're interested to see how what works the nation, as a format? The, the the UEFA Nations League thing that they've got going in lieu of the uh, traditional friendly system. I mean, it's a way to make money and it give someone. Money. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a participation trophy that they can yeah. charge people for, for lots the people of money. People who aren't aren't familiar. Um, it's basically going to coincide with the club season, and what they're doing is uh, throwing all the. Uh, they're kind of sort of half-heartedly mixing it with Euro qualifying, um, and and pe- putting people in groups and actually awarding points based on the friendlies, and kind of like the uh, the uh, the International Champions Cup is trying to actually make something out of the preseason club friendlies and failing miserably. Um, it's kind of like that. I don't think it's going to change anything fundamentally at all. No. But, but it's... No. I hadn't even heard of this. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the, the first I actually heard of it was playing Football Manager when it started popping up, and I'm like, uh, did the game just invent this, or is this rooted in reality? And I found out it was rooted in reality. So, <laughs> I don't... I don't I, know. I need to I need to play some some football manager. There you go. I wonder if they'll put it in FIFA this year. I presume so. FIFA has the Champions League now. Thus gutting poor Pez of everything except exceptionally superior gameplay. Oh. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I, dude, you can you can create some stupid goals in Pez. Okay, so for all the... We're just going to end on this note. <laughs> yeah. We might as well go off on one last glorious we, tangent before we start. We might as well... Okay. My, my point here is, is for all the realistic play of Pez, and there is some great realistic play, I parked one with Frank Ribery that can only really be described as almost like a, an Olympico. Uh, like, I, I don't want... I, I had the ball all the way on the right-hand wing, like, maybe just a bit outside the area, left-hand wing, uh, just a bit outside the area in terms of, uh, well, actually, I was a far distance outside, but just in terms of, uh, of if the area ran straight across, I was only a, a bit outside of it. Um, but, uh... I, I managed to park it in the net with Ribery from the wing, and I'm like, you shouldn't be able to do this. I think I mm-hmm. still have the goal saved somewhere, too, and it's just like, what the hell? I really wish they could combine Pez, especially... Yeah. Pe- there's literally no reason to buy Pez now that FIFA or the UEFA Champions League is finally on FIFA 19. Like, Pez lost their only real drawing point. I don't even know which clubs they still have licensed. I think they have Liverpool. Uh, I believe United. Oh, did they do that? They had United on the last version I bought, but I didn't buy last year's version, so let's, that may not let's be see here. Liverpool, Barcelona, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Arsenal, Schalke, they got Arsenal. They did get Arsenal. Yes. Monaco, and they have Celtic and Rangers now. They lost Dortmund. They lost Dortmund, and they lost United. Yeah. So, so they, they, United must now be Manchester Red. Because, Man Red. Man Red, because uh, Arsenal were London North. Yeah. And Man City have always been Man Blue. Or North London. They've been Man Blue, yeah. Um... So that's 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 kind of true. But the cool thing, I guess, about Pez is that you can literally change everything in that game. And all you have to do is download a patch, and it, it, it'll install a whole bunch of crap on there. Uh, and you can get the right kits, the right games, so on and so forth. Uh, you can actually get some cleverly designed kits too. So you you know instead of having to buy the kits like you do in FIFA, which 
that's more of a longevity thing than any real task. I don't know why they do that, you know? I guess it's to make sure you put hours in the game. Yeah, I mean, they have to have some... They they need to find some way to get people to still buy their game. Um... When 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 FIFA is starting to uh, lap them in content. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, Greg, do you mind real quick if I just ask both of you guys in ten seconds or less, what's going to be the final score when City return to action at home against Fulham on nine fifteen? Uh, four nil. Actually, I actually think Fulham will stay up. They got a nice little team over there, but I also think that City will be will be able to see their way through that. All right, Josh, what you got, buddy? I'm going to say I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth between 4-1 and 3-1, but 3-1 was my gut, so I'll go I with 3-0. I said 3-0, but I've already said 4, so. I so seriously I think Fulham are going to get a goal. I just, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, man, he's a good player. I say 3-0. I'll take that one. I was kind of worried that you were going to say that, Greg. I almost said 3-0, um, yeah. So, you know, I don't... Well, you know it's not a pie. Like, you, you can also have threes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. Can it be a pie? The... I'm really <laughs> hungry. Be a pie. I want go. a donut. I want a donut. I'm going to get donuts. Oh, it's, it, it's like lunchtime where, where Josh is at, so... Uh, it's, I, yeah, I, 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 just, I just want food now. Thank you for this. There you go. No problem. Well, because um, I don't, I don't think we have a planned preview pod for that one, so I just wanted to kind of, kind of get those stuck in no, there. No, the and end. I neglected to ask for questions again after promising that I would keep doing that. So, fail for me. Ask these two. I told them I would get them on a group text for a month before I finally did it. I'm just the worst person at following through on things. So, send your angry tweets to me because it's all my fault. Yes, it's all your fault. You How go. dare you? <laughs> Uh, oh, well, guys. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I think we've covered everything. We've covered a wide variety of strange topics. Um, but that's what we do on here. So um, we probably won't be back until the international break's over, so we'll talk to you about that Fulham game. Um, schedule picks up from here. We're going to have midweek games going from, from, from this point forward once they come back. So busy, busy, but that's the way we like it. So, um, guys, unless you have anything else to add, final words. Anyone, speak now or forever, hold your peace. Until the next podcast, that is. Come on, city. Good call. I need, I need, I need to get a new kit with the uh, little, with the Premier League Champions badge on it. Yes. I really do. I can't decide which player to get because I try to only get players that are actually going to be at the club for like a, oh, a length of here, time. Here's our here's oh. our fan interaction for the international break. First, who do you have already? Wait, who do I have what for the uh, international? On your, on, no, who do you have? Who, do you have any kits? Do you have anyone already? Okay, who do I have already? Yes, I do. Okay, so I have De Bruyne, I have uh, Aguero, and I have a Dino. All right. Dino is actually the second one I bought. So you're in the market for anyone else who's probably going to be around for a while? That or we can say, man, I loved this guy's time at the club. Like, yeah. where Fernandinho goes after City is probably going to be a step down, you know? Like, he gave City his best years. So, so everybody, over the international break, tweet at America Citizens and tell Josh who he should get on his next kit with the Premier League Champions badge. He is open to any suggestion except for those aforementioned players that he already has and i'm i am i am not in the market for raheem sterling or riyad Mahrez for 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 one reason one raheem sterling has not agreed to a contract yeah. upgrade yet and that, that, that makes me greatly nervous when buying a kit for a young player riyad Mahrez, because i'm not sure how he's going to fit in over the long haul though i do think he will be a quality signing i'm just not sold on him yet 
I'm looking for players who are going to be with the club for a minute. Maybe we should get an Ederson. That's the key. Get an so Ederson. We're actually, we're actually making a financial investment here, so we have to choose wisely. We do. You yes. do. You do. I mean, if you were to say, like, a Broncos fan who went out and bought a Paxton Lynch jersey when the team drafted him in the first round, well, you're hosed. Or if you're a Raider fan who bought a Khalil Mack jersey, you're screwed. Yep. So. I have a Yaya Torre jersey that I don't want to wear in public anymore. <laughs> Good luck at Olympiacos, Yaya. I'm sure it's the top European club that you wanted. <laughs> I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut this off before we go any deeper into that. <laughs> there you go. Good call. Good call. So, um, thanks for listening to us. Uh, again, tweet us at America Citizens about anything, but especially tell Josh who to buy, who, what name to get on the back of his new, his new kit. Um, we're on iTunes, American Citizens. Josh, are we? Who are we sponsored by now? Have we shifted yet? I don't know the. Uh, oh, we are, yeah, we're, we are going to be on the new Spreaker network. Thanks for bringing that up, Gray. Uh, Blog Talk Radio has merged with uh, Spreaker, and we are going to be shifted over to the Spreaker network. So it's an interesting word to say, uh, but. Uh, yeah, they're sponsors, so we couldn't ever hate them, no matter how interesting the word is to say. I like we it. Get, we will get used to saying it. So, um, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back at you for the international, after the international break. Um, for John and Josh, I'm Gray. Thanks for listening. Have a great couple weeks, everybody.